the Lord. Well, my name is Dan Bursch. I'm one of the pastors here at LifeSpring Foursquare. We, we have a welcome center in the back. I'd love to meet you. If you're a visitor today, if you're a guest, I want to say hi to you. It really feels uh, impossible uh, to be able to say hi to everybody. But if you took the time to come out and check LifeSpring out, I want to take the time to say hi to you. So again, if you're a visitor or a guest, stop back there at the end of service. And, and the pastors, some of us will be back there and we'd love to say hi to you. Also, for those of you that know me, uh, this is a really big week. Like, this is the week of weeks. Uh, it is, uh, happens you have on Thursday, maybe the best day of the year. And most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But anyone that really knows me, what, what's going on on Thursday? That is why I am married to you. It is opening day of the Seattle Mariners baseball season. Hallelujah. And I wish Pete Wilmot was here. Because he'd know what I'm about to say. Church, I just got a feeling <laughs> that this, <laughs> this is the year, <laughs> this is the year, this is the year. Well, now that we have the false prophecy out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Acts chapter 14. <laughs> Acts 14. I, the joke is I've been saying that for a lot of years. Uh, and so no one actually listens to what I say about the Mariners. You know what's really funny? I actually went back to like podcasts and old sermons. And I'm finding it like in 2014, 2015, 2016. Like this is the year. Oh. And you know what's even funnier about that? is I literally think that this is the year. (laughs) Well, here we are, uh, chapter 14. Before we go any further, let's uh, focus our hearts on the Word of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. I love that song. It just says, we love you. Jesus, we love you. When we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do, there's just something simple, simple but also powerful about just saying, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love, I, I, there's that, even that verse that says, we love because you first loved us. Oh my goodness. The love of God. I love what Mary said. Just, we're experiencing, we're basking in your love today, Lord. And in turn, our response is to say, I love you, Jesus. Speak to us today by your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 1. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. That's incredible, right? They're speaking so effectively. A great number of people are believing, and we got them all, right? We got Jews and Greeks. They're all believing. But, verse 2, the Jews who refuse to believe. Do you know anyone who refuses to believe, church? Right? Someone who refused to believe, well, they decided to have an agenda here. They stir up the other Gentiles and they poisoned their minds. What a phrase. Poisoned their minds against the brothers. So again, Paul Barnabas, they're doing what they do. They're speaking at the synagogue in Iconium. And many believed, praise the Lord, but not everybody believed. And this is so true. I mean, we've had some amazing moves of the Lord over the past decade here at LifeSpring Church. I mean, it's just been incredible. Like, how, how many have been here for like the last five, six, seven years? Raise your hand. Yeah, just incredible moves of God. But in the same service, 
in the exact same service. I will have someone moved to tears because of what the Lord is doing in them. And the person, like the row next to them says, wow, I've never seen anything more demonic or filled of the devil. Anyone notice that? Like, it's just true. And I'll be, I'll be moving in the spirit or I'll be ministering. And I'm like, wow, like God is really doing something. And I'm hearing the Lord and you're hearing the Lord and we're sensitive to his spirit. And then you don't dare look out into the crowd because then there's always that guy like in the fourth row that's got his arms folded. And he's just like. And God bless him. But I'm like, I ain't ever seen him again. <laughs> In the same service. Here it happens, Acts 14. Nothing new, church. Just relax on that one. If someone that you invite never comes back again, just don't worry. God's faithful. He's with them. He's going to love them. He's going to chase them. Don't worry about it. But, but, but just know that. Anything that we do, especially if it's got some power behind it, like some conviction behind it, There's going to be a dividing line. So many believed, others refused to believe. And they stir up the trouble, and I love that phrase again. They poison their minds against Paul and Barnabas. Do you have anybody in your life who's talking to you, trying to poison your mind about how you think about another person? Right? Trying to stir something up. Maybe they're gossiping about somebody else, talking behind their back. They're trying to poison your mind and how you think about another person, even about another believer. Wow, that is real. But it doesn't stop Paul and Barnabas. They keep going. Look at the tenacity of Paul and Barnabas or the faith of Paul and Barnabas. It says, no, they spent a considerable time there. I don't know. When things are divided, I kind of want to just move on. But no, they're like, no, we're going to keep on speaking. We're not going to just speak. But it says what they spoke boldly for the Lord. Underline that if you've got your Bibles open. And they listen to this. He, the Lord, he confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them, Paul and Barnabas, to perform signs and wonders. Praise the Lord. And again, it's been incredible to see that here at LifeSpring. I, I agree with Scripture that miracles that we're witnessing at LifeSpring, even this week, the way that we see God moving, I agree. It is confirming the message. I always think about Paul when he says in 1 Corinthians 2.4, and this has always been really encouraging to me. Uh, he says, my message... My preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with what? Say it with me, church. With a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Praise the Lord. So good things are happening. God is moving. But then verse 4. The people of the city were divided. Again, some side with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot. I, I saw that this week. I just laughed. I go, are we in Sherlock Holmes or something? Like... The plot is afoot among both Gentiles and Jews. Again, my brain does not stop. Now, together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. So they're coming up with a plan to stone Paul and Barnabas. But Paul and Barnabas, they find out about it. Praise the Lord. They flee. They fled. Everybody say fled. That's going to be the strangest word that you ever say out loud in the church. Uh, but they fled to the Lycaonian cities of Lystra and Derby to the surrounding country. But come on, look at these guys. Aren't you proud of Paul and Barnabas? Even though they had to flee, even though they're like, I got a rock and I'm about to hit you with it and they have to run away. They do not stop preaching the gospel. Wherever they went, they continue to preach the good news of Jesus. You need to hear that today. Oh, it is so important that you and I be filled with the Spirit, but also led by the Spirit. Because sometimes he asks you to stay, but sometimes he calls you to go. You got to hear that. 
Paul and Barnabas, get out of Iconium. And I don't know what you're walking through. I'm, I got a hunch it's probably a lot. Just the emails and phone calls I've been getting this week, you're probably going through a tough season. But I'm telling you, church, whatever you're doing, whatever decisions you're making, be filled and led by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people do just stupid things and blame it on the Spirit. So make sure it's actually the Spirit. Uh, we got a lot of teachings, a lot of sermons on being filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. Go back, listen to those, or read the Bible. That's a good place to go. But here, listen. If it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go. And there's been a lot of people moving lately to Idaho or Texas and Florida. I'm just saying, if that's what the Lord is leading you to do, then do it. Like, do it. And delayed obedience is disobedience. If the Lord is calling you to go, then go. But here's the deal. As you go, follow the example of Paul and Barnabas, whose scripture says, as they went, they continued to preach the good news, the gospel, wherever they went. Church, listen to me. I love you. But some of us are just in a consumer mentality that is going to be like poison to your soul. You were made with purpose and intentionality, with good works in advance for you to do. So wherever you go, speak and teach the good news of Jesus. You got that one? I think that's going to be good for some of you in the room today. All right. Verse 8. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth, and he had never walked. Keep that one up on the screen. If you, if you ever read something like that in the Bible, have you read the Bible before? <laughs> I just love it. Anytime you see something like that, like if you, like, he's never walked before from birth. I got a hunch that that guy's going to walk. <laughs> Anybody else? Right? Like, when the Bible puts that up, like, you, you just got a hunch. Like, this guy is about to walk. The writer, who, shout it out. Who, who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. So Luke, the author, he, he wants you to know, yes, this man could not walk. In fact, he could never walk. And so as a reader, you lean in, don't you? Because you're like, oh, man, this guy is about to walk. This is going to be so good. But listen, it's powerful. Verse 9, it says, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. Again, I can preach the best message ever, and not everybody's going to be listening. There's going to be people on their phones, going on Facebook, thinking about what they're going to eat for lunch. But this guy, he's like, no, I am focused on the words of the Lord. And so this man, he's listening. His arms aren't folded. He doesn't have that little frown on his face. No, he says, I'm going to listen to what this guy has to say. And by the way, as a pastor, you can just tell when someone's open to the Lord, and they're leaning in, and they're kind of looking at you, and like, just tell me more, tell me more. And then Paul looks at him, straight to him directly at him and he sees that he has faith to be healed and he calls him out stand up on to your feet and the man jumps up and he begins to walk how do you feel about that one church is that okay is that awesome i mean do we even have faith for that kind of miracle where's your faith because god can do so much with just a little bit of faith. You see this in this story. And this miracle is a big deal. Even your response. No, I love you. I just know that. But even your response to the miracle just shows how much we take the miracles in the Bible for granted. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like, we just kind of gloss over it. And that makes sense, because again, when you read the Gospels, when you read Acts, there's miracle after miracle. Just this week, uh, McConnellani talked about it in our daily reading plan. In one reading, there, Jesus was just on a roll, just miracle after miracle after miracle. So you, you can kind of just be like, oh yeah, that's just kind of what happens. But church... These are like real human beings. And this guy really couldn't walk. And a miracle occurred where he could jump up and walk. I'm just saying. I hope that if someone came through these doors and they hadn't been able to walk for their entire life. And they had faith to be healed. And I said, stand up and walk. And that person stood up and began to jump up and down and praise the Lord. I hope at that point we just say sermon over, like forget point two. We're here to praise and celebrate and worship the Lord. I hope that's what we do. Maybe. Yeah, of course we would. Now, there's a little bit of a different response here, isn't there? Look at this. Uh, It's a good story. Verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul had done... They shouted, the gods have come down to us in human form. So a little bit different than what maybe we would have said. Uh, They start giving labels to the apostles. Barnabas they called Zeus. Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief preacher or or speaker. The priest of Zeus, this is great. He's uh, got his temple outside the city. And he's like, oh man, like something's going on. Like Zeus and Hermes are here. So he he runs outside the city. He's like, we got to get the bulls. Like Zeus and Hermes are here. So they're getting the bulls. They're they're bringing the wreaths. They're going to sacrifice, right? Are you catching that? They're, They're bringing them to the city gates. They're going to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas, when they hear this, oh my goodness, like they tear their clothes. They rush out into the crowd. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Friends, whoa, whoa. No, put the bowl away. Put the knife away. <laughs> Friends, we're just like you. That's so powerful, right? Why, why are you doing this? We're, we're, we're two. We're only human. See, what we're doing, we're bringing you good news. Did you know that the world right now needs the exact same good news that they needed? <laughs> like, we're bringing you good news. Like, we, we're actually telling you to turn from all these things. Worthless things. Like, what do you mean this is worthless? I, I, you know, this is my favorite bowl. No, these are worthless things. We want to turn from worthless things to what? To the living God. Are you doing that in your life, church? Are you, are you turning, telling your friends, telling your family that are just spinning out of control in chaos? Are you saying, just turn. I, I love you too much to be silent. I got to tell you, you got to turn. Uh, you know, I know I'm radical, church, but see, I don't want people to go to hell. See, I, I want people to actually live the abundant life, the Zoe life that God has called them to live. And sometimes you just got to say, hey, wake up. What you're living for, the passion, even right now on a Sunday morning, wherever you are, what you're living for is only going to lead to death and destruction. But Jesus came to give you life. And so I would ask you, out of compassion and grace, would you turn to the living God? The living God who made the heavens and the earth. The one who made the sea and everything in them. In the past, see, God, He let all the nations go their own way. Yet He has not left Himself without testimony. He's shown His kindness. He gave you rain from heaven, crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and He fills your hearts with joy. See, even with these words, they still had difficulty keeping those crowds from sacrificing to them. 
in one of Pastor Steve Shell's books, he mentions this account. He, he says the reason for all the commotion is they believe in their tradition in that area that Zeus and Hermes had actually visited them before. He had visited that area before, but that time the people had not welcomed them into their homes. And so these two gods, they destroyed the entire population except for one elderly couple who were hospitable to Zeus and Hermes. And so here they are. They don't want to make that mistake again. They're putting out the welcome mat for these gods. And again, Paul and Barnabas trying their hardest, trying their hardest to point to the true God, the living God who made the heavens and the earth, to the one, by the way, who's actually responsible for the miracle. It's the God of the miracle. By the way, do that in your own life, church, as much as you can. When God does something miraculous in your life, and if you're a believer, he will. He even does miraculous things for non-believers. Have you noticed the goodness of God? He's a God of signs and wonders. But when He does that, either to you or through you, can you make sure you're giving credit to God? Can you make sure you're giving credit where credit is due? I mean, there's nothing more dangerous than the Christian or the pastor or anybody else who's taking the credit and the glory that only God deserves. When God moves, and He is moving, when God moves, point people to Jesus. Otherwise, you've heard it before, pride doth cometh before the fall. All right, verse 19. Some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. They won the crowd over. And so they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. We don't know what the people from Antioch and Iconium said, but wow. Like, they are able to turn the crowd's feelings toward Paul and Barnabas, like, pretty rapidly from, like, exaltation and worship and, like, let's kill some bulls for you to instead, like, well, forget the bulls. Let's just kill you. Outside the gates, left for dead. Best friends, other disciples, they gather around him. You can imagine they're praying for him. And he's not dead. He gets up. At that point, I'd be like, Paul, we got to (laughs) go. But where does he go? Right back into the city. Man, if you can catch what I'm about to say, church, this could be really important for you. Because I love this. Because earlier, Paul and Barnabas, they fled from Iconium. When they heard about the plot to stone them, right? They fled. But this time in Lystra, Paul goes back into the city that did stone him. One time he flees. The other time he goes right back into the city. Now, I'm convinced both times Paul was being led by the Holy Spirit of God. And I know I'm a broken record on this one. But it is so important to be daily filled and daily led by the Holy Spirit of God. And there is no Christian life outside of the Spirit-filled and Spirit-led life. You try to live the Christian life, you try to live the life that Jesus has called you to live without the Spirit of God filling you and leading you, the devil is going to have a heyday with you. I promise you, you will be miserable. Have you ever tried to follow Jesus without the Spirit of Christ? I mean, it is the craziest, insanest thing that you could ever do. Don't even go there. Be filled, be led. There's nothing like following Jesus. I'm not going to say it's easy, but you can do it. 
Just reading this chapter, by the way, shows you it ain't easy. But you can do it. You are called to do it. You are empowered and resourced so you can do it. And living for Jesus, there's nothing like living for Jesus. Follow Jesus. And again, sometimes he's going to ask you to leave, to flee. Other times, he's going to ask you to stay. Either way, church, listen and follow Jesus. Short story. I recently had this pretty pretty cool opportunity. I, I think it's cool. I think you'll think it's pretty cool too. I was at a local middle school in the region, in the area, and I got to talk about being a pastor. I think that's pretty cool. And so I, I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for opening this door for me to be able to just talk to these kids and but, wow, um, the day before, two days before I got there, an awful tragedy happened at that school. Uh, one of those little ones, those precious little ones, had died. And uh, these are 12, 13-year-old kids. And so the principal called me that morning, and he said, I, Pastor Bursch, he called me. He said, I wanted to give you a heads up that uh, what's going on. Just so you know, it might be a little, a little different today. And it was. When, when I got there, when I got into the classroom, I mean, you could feel it. And so I made my way up to the front of the classroom, and I just knew the Lord was telling me not to pull out my notes. And that's amazing, because I'm a notes kind of guy. And I, I've actually never done this before. I just set my backpack down and just began to talk to them about being a pastor and what a pastor does. And one of, one of the students raised their hand. I said, yeah, what's going on? And she said, oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but one of our students died. And I said, yeah, no, I heard about that. Your, your principal said that. And I said, so how many of you knew him? And almost all the kids raised their hands. I said, well, what, what was his name? And they told me his name. And I said, I'm so sorry that happened. And uh, I said, just so you know, you're going to have a lot of questions about this and you're going to have a lot of emotions that rise up about all of this. And just make sure you talk to someone about that. And I said, they brought in extra counselors today, so there's nothing wrong with talking to a counselor. I said, but that's also what we do as pastors. Pastors love to talk with people when you're struggling and when you have questions. There's no uh, bad question. And, and, and by the way, with emotions, there's no bad emotion. Just uh, pastors uh, would, would be willing to meet with you. But I'm, I'm telling you, Life Spring. That question set off a whole list of questions. In a room of, I don't know, 25 kids, 20 of those kids asked the question. The last time I spoke, I spoke at a high school in the fall. Half of those kids were sleeping. (laughs) But I'm telling you, we never ran out of questions. In fact, the bell rang. They had to go. And it was over. But here's the deal. If you guys know me at all, I didn't force my way into that school. I had no hidden agenda. I mean, it was just what the Lord was doing. He opened the door. I walked through it. And I think that God just wanted to encourage some kids. Also, he wanted to encourage some staff members. I had some great conversations. Just, this is awful. There's nothing good about that. I mean, it's a horrific, 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 awful tragedy. And he wanted to encourage some people with some questions that he was even there in the midst 
of a really hard time. So again, let the Lord lead you. He opens and closes doors, but you be faithful to walk through them. And here we are the next day. He and Barnabas, they left for Derby. They go to Derby and they preach the gospel in that city, verse 21. They won a large number of disciples, praise the Lord. But then they return to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch. They strengthen the disciples, encourage them to remain true to the faith. I love this one. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Put that on your mug, right? Put that on the little poster above your urinal, right? We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I love it. That's a great t-shirt. Praise the Lord. Verse 23. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church. And with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pan- Amphilia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Adalia. From Adalia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together, reported all that God had done through them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So this is awesome. Like if you remember last week, do I got the map? I'm going to go to the map here. See, if you remember, they're up here in Antioch where the big gold pen is. And then they have the commissioning where they lay hands on them and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they send them out. They go down to Seleucia and then they jump over to Cyprus. They hang out in Salamis and Pamphos. But then they head up to Lycia. The air is a little fast, but they're up to Lycia, up to Perga. And then from Perga, they go up north to Antioch. So there's two Antiochs. I know it's confusing, but they're just our, we just got to deal with it. So Antioch, Pisidian Antioch. And then they go to the right to Iconium. And then they're down in Lystra. Remember, they had to flee Iconium to get to Lystra. And then they go from Lystra after he had been stoned. But hey, he's still alive. So now I get to go back into Lystra. But now I'm going to Derby. But then from Derby, I'm going back into Lystra, then Iconium, then Antioch. And then they go down to Perga again. They take a little er, over to Adalia. And then from Adalia, they take a boat all the way back to Antioch in Syria. A missions trip. You ever been on a missions trip before? You should. This is awesome. By the way, we are going on a missions trip. We're going to go to Salt Lake City, Utah. You've got to sign up for that. We've got to give you info so you can sign up, so you know what you're signing up for. But we're doing that this summer. It's going to be awesome. Sign up. I want to highlight. Go, you can keep that up. I want to highlight what happens at the beginning of the journey and what happens at the end of the journey. Because what happens at the beginning of the journey and what happens at the end of the journey, if you've been here any amount of time, you know this really matters to me, but it also really matters to LifeSpring Church. One thing I take very seriously, it's a part of my life's calling, is to send people out. If you've been here, you know we are a sending church. And through the years, one thing you'll, you'll see me do, you'll, you'll hear me do is what we just read. If there's a family or an individual going on a missions trip, or, or maybe you're moving or any, anything like that, if you know and if you let me know that you're on assignment from the Holy Spirit, that you're being led by the Holy Spirit, then we're going to have that family or that individual come up on stage and we're going to pray for you, just like the church in Antioch did. We're going to lay hands on you and we're going to send you out. But then you're always going to hear me say, when we pray for people, when we send them out, you're always going to hear me say stuff like, and I cannot wait for the good report that you're going to give to us. 
Right? I, I cannot wait. I eagerly await the good report of all that God's going to do, what, in you, but also through you. Lord, we eagerly await the good report. And that prayer comes straight from today's passage, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. Look what happens at verse 26. From Adalia, they sailed back to Antioch, verse 26, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. And verse 27, on arriving there, they gathered the church together and they reported all that God had done through them. And how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Wouldn't that have been awesome? I mean, so good. Anybody else live for the good report? Like, I'm willing to go through a lot of stuff for the good report. Anybody else in the house? I live for the good report. But can you imagine Saul and Barnabas, some of the stories they had? But also, I was thinking about this. Paul would have looked a little different, wouldn't he? Because he had some wounds. Anybody have some wounds? Or maybe you could say they were scars. Anybody have some scars from some of the things you've done for the Lord? Why? Because he was almost stoned to death. Do you remember that? And yet, here they are, able to report all that God had done in them and through them and how God opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And again, that's how I feel about any family that's moved away, whether to Kenya or Salt Lake City, Utah, or to plant a church in Spokane or lead a church in Texas. That's how I feel about families that have to move away because of a job or families that have had to move from life spring to take care of an elderly uh, parent. Like my passion is for anyone and everyone to leave here full of the Holy Spirit, that you might be led by the Holy Spirit so that one day you can come back and say, Oh, Pastor Dan, Life Spring Church, do I have a story to tell you? Let me tell you what my God has done. So as we close the day, as much as those people have been sent out, praise the Lord, I want you to hear this. You are being sent out. You are being sent out. As much as I love life at LifeSpring, and I do, but most of our life, most of your time will not be spent here. None of you have a bedroom here. I've checked. It's not here. Right? You all have lives outside of LifeSpring. And by the way, that's how it should be. But listen, this is so important. What we do on Sunday mornings, what happens in our life groups, what happens in our next level classes, what happens in our prayer groups. Man, these last three Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. have been fire. How I have loved praying with that group. But what happens in those prayer groups, what happens in our young adults group, our youth group, what happens in our men's and our women's, all of that matters. And it is so important. Please engage with those things. That is life at life spring. But each and every one of those gatherings has a greater purpose than just meeting your needs. Or let's say just kind of making you happy. Yes, there are times of encouragement and we all need encouragement. But listen, church, there are also times of empowerment. Empowerment. Over the past two years, hallelujah, I have witnessed how those classes, how those groups, how those gatherings, they've just become this holy, sacred time of being trained up and equipped to do the work of the ministry. I love how Paul says in Ephesians 4, you guys know the verse, right? He talks about apostles and prophets and evangelists, teachers, preachers, all that. But he says their role is to what? To equip you for the work of the ministry. To equip you. It's not a pastor's job. There is ministry to be had. There is work to be done. But it's going to be in rooms and spaces that I, as one of your pastors, will never walk into. 
It is a work that God has called you to do, regardless of your age, regardless of your gender. The Lord has called you to do something for him and for his kingdom. It's why it's so important that you engage in all the things that we do here at the church. Press in. Why? So that we can encourage each other, but also so that we can pray for each other. Pray for one another that you would be filled up, full of God's power to do what he's calling you to do. Because come on. He actually has been calling some of you into some pretty serious and intense assignments. Has anyone else noticed that Christianity is not a game? You know, I've been volunteering at Ava's school and it's been fun. I've been playing the piano for some choir students. I've been helping out at the chaos of the student store and it was really intimidating, but I did it. But, but I'm telling you, every time I went into that school, I was just like, oh Lord, be with the Christian teachers and administrators who are here, that they are on assignment. So Holy Spirit, I would just pray as I'm going through the doors, fill these teachers, fill these principals, fill them, Lord with your wisdom, with your joy, with your life to do what you've called them to do? Or have you been to an emergency room lately? My wife works in an emergency room. Have you, have you, when you walk through those doors, anyone else feel the heaviness of the emergency room? It is so heavy. And Lord, be with the Christians who are there in that room. Lord, that you would give them opportunities to minister your presence. That those healthcare professionals, they need our prayers. Did you know that? They need moments where they can come together in this room as a community and let us lay hands on them. Let them be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody a bus driver here? Anybody drive truck here? I know how serious it is. Many of you know my cousin died in a tragic semi-truck accident just this last year over on Canyon Road. It's a dangerous job. Those truck drivers, they need to be prayed for. They need to have people laying hands on them. Anybody in the hospitality industry? Anybody ever have to be a waiter or a waitress? My son Trevin, he worked at, what was it, Spud's Fish and Chips at the Washington State Fair, otherwise known as the Puyallup Fair. People were mean to Trevin. They were like really mean. And this was before COVID because COVID has like brought a whole nother level of mean. Like I didn't even know that mean existed. But for our son, we started laying hands on him before he walked out and we dropped him off. Oh, Lord Jesus, fill him up. Empower him to do what you're asking him to do. Anyone in construction work, anyone in repair work, you should be prayed for. Lord, before they get up on that roof, before they install that floor, let's pray for them. Anyone a mom or a dad? Any parents out here today? Oh, Lord Jesus, how important it is that we lay hands on you to ask you, to ask the Lord to give you what you need for the assignment that God has called you to do. Maybe you're a student. Student, I I have a couple, I have three kids there in school, but it's a hard time, right? You got a friend doing this or, you know, a classmate doing that, making not wise decisions or choices. Man, those kids, they need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to lead them through their day. And so we need to be praying for them. Oh, Lord Jesus. And we love praying for our kids. Like, Lord, you've made them to be a difference maker. Oh, Jesus, fill them up. Mighty man of God, mighty woman of God, fill them up to do all that you've called them to do. Again, I'm so thankful for the amount of people coming to men's groups, classes, youth groups, all that kind of stuff. But again, not only do we need encouragement, but we need empowerment. Also, don't leave those times without letting somebody pray for you. Just, I know sometimes it's intimidating, but just like, hey, like, would you pray for me? And as we close, I actually want to do that now. I want to give you the opportunity for someone 
to lay hands on you, to pray with you, just like the believers have been doing for the last 2,000 years. So this is what I want to do. If you want to be sent out, and I think most of us would want to be sent out, if you want to be sent out into your week, whatever that looks like, again, wherever that looks like, I would just invite you to come up to the front, kind of, we got some room, kind of all over, and I've asked some prayer team members and some pastors, so prayer team and pastors, if you would come on up and let's just kind of go around the area here. We got a big stage. And what we're going to do is, as Mary's singing this song, as the worship team's singing, I'll just say, just come on up and just kind of stand before the Lord and just wait on the Lord, but also wait for someone to come over and, and pray for you. Just like Paul and Barnabas and the church in Antioch, that you would be sent out. And then after someone prays for you, wherever you are, just go back to your seat and we'll keep singing. But, but we don't have to rush this. We got time. But this could be really powerful for some of you. Also, I realize when we do these types of things, some of you are like, never, no way, Pastor Dan, that is not me. And by the way, I'm right there with you. I, I've been there. I, I get that. But some of the biggest and most impactful moments in my life have been when I have gotten out of my seat and come forward and say, God, I'm open to doing what you're asking me to do. And I don't want to do it on my own and in my own strength. So Holy Spirit, come and fill me and lead me to do what you're asking me to do. So church, would you stand up? And again, we're going to sing this song together, but I just have a hunch that almost everybody in this room needs to have that empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so come on forward. And again, we have lots of people here to pray for you. And uh, then we'll dismiss you. Amen. Praise the Lord.